This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful Raw podcast. It is June 12th. We have Monday Night Raw to talk about. If you missed our weekend shows, myself and Showdown Joe covered UFC Auckland, which uh, contained a lot of finishes. It was a pretty good main show, all things considered. But we have that. And, of course, myself and Showdown Joe coming back at you tomorrow afternoon live at 3 p.m. Eastern for the Holy Smokes MMA podcast. That show is a lot of fun. If you all don't like even if you don't like MMA, give it a try. Also, yesterday I did like a quick review of the Okada Omega match, which I thought was outstanding. Uh, a couple of corrections on that. Okada did have the, the drop kick reversed once in pretty fantastic fashion, but go check that out as well. We got great response for that. A programming note, as of now, I'm planning on doing a show July 2nd to cover the New Japan special from Long Beach and TNA Slam or Impact Slammiversary, rather. If there's enough demand, I may switch it up and do a, a post-New Japan show on its own. But right now, the plan is to do both of those in one night, much like we are doing the weekend of Bellator and UFC Lee versus Kiesa. Instead of after Bellator, we're coming to you Sunday night right after UFC Lee versus Kiesa. That way we can get both of those in. But as of now, we got Monday Night Raw to talk about as we charge towards the great balls of fire. Alex Palowski joins me, associate editor. I got to say, Alex, they great balls of fire brought the heat in the opening segment, did it not? It, it did. It did. They announced it earlier on in the day that they were going to do the opening opener was going to be the Lesnar and Joe segment, which made it appointment viewing. And also handy dandy was an hour before the NBA finals. So they could make sure everybody's <laughs> watching for that segment before the game started. Uh, and it was great. It was the best pull apart locker room clearing brawl since the, I'm going to kill you. You're going to have to Brock yeah. Lesnar undertaker pull apart. Uh, it was great. I love it. Give me more of this. When they get talent involved, it, it makes it seem a little more important. Like, these guys who are feuding are like, yeah, we better stop but before we don't have a ring to compete in for the rest of the night. Like, I'm not doing this for you two. I'm doing this for me. So I, th- I thought The Raw kicked off just fantastically. Uh, Paul Heyman is really, really good at making stories out of absolutely nothing. He made a story out of the fact that Samoa Joe wasn't related to some people. And did it really well. He said that all the Samoans are related except for Samoa Joe, and they don't want anything to do with him. That was pretty cool. Joe comes out and just flat-out attacks Lesnar. we got to have it separated. This is good. Samoa Joe, when they had the separated, pulled the old shuffle sidekick, which is a cheating-ass move on WWE. Here comes the pain on PS2. That move was taken out of the game for a reason, Joe. You can't just do that because, as you see, you'll knock over 15 people like your kid Cash doing a, a somersault onto a group in ECW. It was pretty outstanding to see. Like, 
from beginning to end. I thought this was an A plus opening segment. It was tremendous. Uh, the only thing about uh, the Paul Heyman thing that I would be like, you guys can do better than this. Like the whole, you're not man enough to put the coquina clutch on Brock Lesnar is the exact same thing that he said about Randy Orton and the RKO for SummerSlam last year. You're not man enough to put the RKO. Okay. Okay. But yes, Paul, we got it. Uh, anybody who comes up against Brock Lesnar, not man enough, which I would be fine if you're trying to goad the guy into coming to the ring to get his butt kicked. But Samoa Joe wasn't hiding from Brock Lesnar. He, he wanted a piece of Brock Lesnar. So it was uh, – I, I, but I, I love looking at the two guys in the ring. Like, you, you always think about Brock Lesnar as being larger than life. Samoa Joe is a big-ass dude. And I want to see them lay into each other for 15 minutes. I'm really looking forward to that match. I'm really looking forward to Wednesday's The List and Ya Boy. If you guys have never checked that out, it's a show between myself and Fightful.com founder Jimmy Van. As I, as the way that I like to promote it, I say it as an eccentric millionaire and the guy he picked to run his combat sports website. He tweeted about an hour ago, Alex, said that he asked JC for a price to debate, debate VR, and he responded. Now, obviously, I'm not going to treat you guys like you're morons. That's Jim Cornette and Vince Russo. Uh, he's going to read the response on the list, and your boy, this Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. And I guarantee you, it will not disappoint, for better or for worse. I don't know what's happening yet, but I guarantee you that whatever response that he got is not going to disappoint. Nope. Can't wait for that one. Next up, we have Elias Sampson defeating Dean Ambrose. Initially, we got a Waterboy reference. This came out 19 years ago, Alex. Now, while, while I remember it fondly, and I am a fan, this is 19 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is this yeah, to reflect? It, it, do, you, do you think this is to reflect the current age of WWE's viewership? Because, I mean, they do skew older. That's been the scouting report, is that the audience is much older. Right, but isn't that the audience that watches on TV because most, uh, most young people watch via Hulu or YouTube or a stream to be cut out probably or something. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Um, yeah, that, that whole thing was weird. They, it wasn't as old of a reference as they made on the show. Michael Cole brought out a Marlon Perkins reference from Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom, a, a animal show in the 1960s and 70s. So Waterboy is damn current compared to Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. If they mention Twin Peaks, I might pop. I've been watching that lately. <laughs> Getting into that's a pretty good show. A little quirky, but I'll, say, I'll save that review for a members-only show soon. By the way, guys register head over to fightful.com i got members only podcasts that come up every so often uh, fightful books it but right now we have a list and your boy contest over on the forums go to open discussion the contest right now for next week's list and your boy which is june 21st head over to the thread and make your prediction how many bros will vince russo drop in his segment the closest will win a Phil Singer Games starter pack. If you ever read the old uh, wrestling magazines, you saw the Champions of the Galaxy games. 
Uh, I fondly remember those. Head over there. Join our forums. I love it. We are a combat sports website, and people post movie reviews there. That makes me so happy. It makes me so happy. It is a one-stop shop for a little bit of everything. I appreciated Dean Ambrose adding to his arsenal with the Fisherman Suplex. He's been doing that lately, Alex. That I can get behind. Mm -hmm. But the match was kind of weak. Having, like, Elias Sampson had to wait for that rebound lariat for what seemed like forever. And he didn't have it scouted. The Miz comes out. What I want to know is why is Ambrose chasing Maurice? What's he going to do to her? I don't know, man. This whole thing with Ambrose and, and Miz, I thought we were done with it. I mean, I'm, I'm willing, hey, move on. Ambrose and, and Samson can have a feud. That's a really good uh, guy for Samson to work with. Samson's big enough to toss uh, Ambrose around, make him look good. Um, it, it doesn't kill him uh, if he loses the feud with Ambrose because Ambrose is a former world champ. These are things we can – and Ambrose is bulletproof enough to lose the feud with, with Samson. All this stuff is great. But the Miz still being a part of it, it seems like the actual feud is still Miz and uh, Ambrose and not Ambrose and Samson. And I just, I'm so done with everything Miz and Ambrose together. I'm just, I'm just done with it. I don't know what he's going to do when he catches Maurice. Spank her lightly on the tush? Like, what, what no, can you do in this day and age? I mean, like, like literally, that's too much. So what could he possibly do? You know, like it's, it's look her in the, in the eyes days. and say, that's mean. Don't do that. <laughs> Stop it, please. Yeah, all of it's bad. And he is just stupid enough to get distracted long enough to get into the ring late and get and lose. To they had the, to milk that too. That ref oh wasn't doing him any favors, God. was he? It was just bad. It was just the beginning of an overall bad series of bad things. I, well, I, I disagree, but I the, 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 ref, we'll, we'll the ref was like at six when he should have been at about eight or nine. Yeah. So they had to yeah. milk it. But when Ambrose rolled in the ring, Samson creamed him with a double knee drive. Oh, man. Oh, I thought he squished him like a cantaloupe. It was great. Oh, it was phenomenal. <laughs> he did his finish in one. It was not a good match. We get these Goldust and R-Truth promos. Do you, do you have anything to say about this? If, if you've seen them the last two weeks, you know it's what same, happened tonight. Listen, I, I want somebody to come out and tell me. Did Somebody wrote this on Twitter. Did Goldust break both his legs while he turned on R-Truth? There's no other reason for them to be continuing this quote-unquote feud over pre-taped. Dude, it's continuity. Do you remember how many months of yeah. – Yes. They did the Golden Truth vignettes. Yeah, I, I, I get it. This whole thing is that... You this, can't ask for continuity, then when they give it to you... Right. True. I just feel like this whole thing is building to one big blow-off match. And then we're moving on. So the longer you drag this out, we don't get to move on. Like, Goldust should be in a program right now with The Miz for the Intercontinental title. Like, that if you should have had his blow-off match with R-Truth at Extreme Rules and moved on. Like, if you're going to do one last run with Goldust, let's get to it. I want that. Because his promos, as a part of this dueling promo thing, are great. But then when you do one yep. at the beginning of the night, and then two and a half late hours later, you do a much worse version with R-Truth doing it, it kind of loses its luster. 
I'm, I, I don't, I just, I want this to, to happen. I don't, I don't need to see, you know, two separate minute and a half promos every, every, every Monday. I know that you said that you didn't like about uh, a lot about what happened with the Miz and Maurice and all that stuff. Angle is mad at Miz backstage and Maurice is still mad at Miz, which I thought was great because she's like avoiding kisses and stuff. Yes. Well, that's, yeah. I'm, yeah, every, I mean, I won't say everybody, but um, uh, I know that my wife can hold a grudge when I make a mistake. So this is a certain thing that that can happen. Um, But uh, in this case, this is what I was afraid of because the grandfather clock bit was fun and everything. But if they just prolong this into a Miz and Maurice breakup angle, like, no, they're great together. They should be together forever. Um, uh, So that's fine. Um, I, Miss is a great point, though. If Kurt Angle wasn't so up his own ass about his weird text messages, then Dean Ambrose wouldn't have been able to sneak back into the building, and the whole thing at the end of, uh, of the Miz celebration wouldn't have happened. So that's a good point. That's logic. I like that. And, of course, Angle doesn't. He's like, hey, you shut up. I'm going to punish you. And he does later. The Hardys, Cesaro, and Sheamus each cut really bad written promos. Mm-hmm. They were bad. Anything to add? No. Uh, it, it, leading to a two out of three falls match at the end of the night, which started with ten minutes left to go in the show. So that was that was a good idea. I get a feeling this is going to be a recurring theme, Alex. There are a lot of things on this show that were so ridiculous that I love them, and mm-hmm. I get the feeling you're going to hate them. One of them being... Noam Dar, Carl Anderson, and Luke Gallows. <laughs> and Gallows and Anderson threatening to tell Alicia Fox that he's eating a pizza. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This this was the lone thing of the ridiculous stuff that I loved. It was missing like one – it was missing them saying, nerd. Yeah. I, honestly, I feel like um, Pizza Hut probably cut that from the script because they thought it was discriminatory towards nerds and they didn't want to like have that in the commercial. Um, so, uh, <laughs> but I loved, I loved them picking on Noam Dar over his choice of cheesy bites pizza. Uh, that's everything to me. Uh, I want, I want that to be an actual storyline. Those two guys should be literal bullies who go around calling smaller people nerds. And then those small people have to fight back. That would be great. They should be the they should be the menace that terrorizes the cruiserweights. That could be fun for them. You're not doing anything with them otherwise. Let them use yeah. their 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 bully persona for they, a reason. They would be amazing at that. Yeah, that's like tailor made for them. <clears throat> Speaking of terrorizing the cruiserweights, Neville would attack Rich Swan. He then ran down Akira Tozawa and the rest of the cruiserweight division. I thought this was a pretty good promo. It was great. Um, which is a weird thing. We're like, it's, it's this is a little out of order, but like before this, we see that Tozawa is about to join maybe the Titus brand, um, who's who's in a feud with Kalisto, which is leading me to think at the time, ooh, we get a Tozawa versus Kalisto match. That could be great. Yeah. And then we get later where Neville's talking like talking shit about Tozawa, and I'm like, <gasps> Neville versus Tozawa? Can I see that night now? Like three times in a row. Um, so anything that's in that realm, I'm looking forward to. Neville has a great, great point. Like, here's the guy who he won the title from back at the Royal Rumble. Who's another top guy in the Cruiserweight division? And he says, no, you're not worth my time. I'm going to punk you out before the match even starts. And he says, there's nobody on my level. And when he was talking, I was like, well, whose music is going to hit? 
to come out and be the number one contender. And he's like, no, I'm gonna, I'm choosing my number one contender by calling out Tozawa, which is like, fine, let's do that. Uh, I, I love Evil Neville. Neville is still my 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 jam, and um, let's let's do more with the cruiserweights than a match that lasts five seconds and another match that doesn't get started because that's a lot of purple tape to waste for like literally less than a minute of action. Speaking of Cedric Alexander defeated Noam Dar. <laughs> This started backstage when Noam Dar confronted Cedric Alexander, who didn't need confronting. He wasn't doing anything. But Alicia Fox is on FaceTime going off about it, as she is during the match. You hated it. I loved it. Tell me why. Okay. So the beginning is fine and weird. Alicia Fox had a neck injury that I guess might have happened on a live event because it didn't happen on TV. Last week on 205 Live, Cedric Alexander ended this. He says, it's done. I'm out. The storyline is over. I'm out of it. And they said, no, we need you for more things because we had an idea to put Alicia Fox on a phone and do that. And that's going to be your gimmick, Cedric Alexander. Um, And it was just the, the backstage stuff was okay. Once we got into the ring and you could hear her via the phone over the loudspeaker the whole time, which was just Noam Dar waving no at her in the phone. It, it, it just, it was so bad. And it just led to an inevitable distraction finish, which is just lazy on, all, on, on top of lazy. I, I just didn't like it at all. If they don't do it all the time, I like it. If this is a one-time thing till she's back or whatever, I'm cool with it. It got Cedric a quick win. It gave Noam Dar and Alicia Fox something to do. I didn't see much harm in it. Noam Dar is just he is what he is. He's yeah. not he's not the top top guy in that division. He's not a top ten guy in that yeah. division. But he's a top ten having something to do in that division. Yeah. Yes. So he, that that that's a good thing as as it pertains to their writing. At least they have him doing something. Because everybody should have something to do. Right. We had this Bailey interview. I, I got to say, I don't hate the direction of her being so overly nice that she doesn't want to use Singapore canes and stuff. I'm just waiting for the Sandman to cane her like a hundred times, her to call him a bitch, and then her to turn into Tommy Dreamer. Right. Um, yeah, this was this was awkward because I didn't. I don't mind the idea of this is who I am. I'm going to be me. I mean, no, I understand I'm not going to win a match with hugs, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to, to win a match the way that I do it. And that's cool. And, like, I'm going to be Bailey, the real Bailey, always me all the time. And I was like, but were you you when you technically cheated to win the Raw Championship from Charlotte and then said, hell no, I'm not giving it back? See, we know that you're not just Bailey all the time because that was way out of character. Because the person you yeah. are now in this interview would never have done that. So no. um, it's kind of belying that. Um, and it was weird. Like, she asked for the hug. It's like, like, and Corey Graves' face was like, I don't want to be hugging this person. So yeah. it was, it, they're, they're treating her as though she's a little nuts, which is, I'm, so far, not great. Possibly heading in a good direction. But, Coupled with what happened in her feud with Alexa Bliss, this just looks bad. Like they've really 
run into a thing where they have no idea what to do with Bailey now that she's on the main roster and they can't just run back all of her amazing stuff that she did in NXT that made us love her down there. They can't just do that all over again. So people what are they see through do? it. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not good. It's, I'm apprehensive. Yeah. I mean, I can see having some hesitation as it pertains to that because they've given no indication that they can book. And now it's at a point to where I, I actually asked about this. I'm like, okay, this is the second week of a lot of baby faces not being on the show. They, they don't want to overexpose their baby faces now. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, this is the thing of, we, we, we have Bailey who's like trying to have like this reclamation project where she's, you know, obviously down at, at rock bottom after losing to Alexa Bliss because she wouldn't use a stick properly. And then um, Finn legitimately is on some Asian tour promoting the brand. Good for him. And Roman is going to show up next week to talk about something he's got planned for two months from now. But no, no thanks. I'm good just now. I'm not going to do anything right now. But two months from now, the big dog's got a plan. And that just seems awkward. Like, is he not going to have a match at Great Balls of Fire? Are they concerned that Brock versus Joe in the main event would pale in comparison to Roman versus anybody? Is that their thought? Because it wouldn't. You could easily have that be, be the, the co-main or the one below it. Whatever you do with Roman Reigns. Because it seems like he's just waiting, biding his time until SummerSlam. Well, there's another raw pay-per-view much sooner than that, and this seems weird. There is some speculation as to what Roman Reigns could be doing, possibly a a floating John Cena who may be portrayed as a free agent. Trying to find out more about that. I I would love that. That, that, To me, that's a WrestleMania main event, though, as was the Shield Triple Threat. Those are WrestleMania main events to me, and – Man, I'm, I'm I'm okay with Reigns Cena happening at SummerSlam since uh, Cena is now 40, and it looks like Reigns Cena wouldn't be happening at WrestleMania 34. So that's by the time WrestleMania 35 rolls around, if you want to do Reigns Cena, like Cena is going to be almost 42 or whatever. So it's going to become like, you know, is he going to be a full-time actor by that point? If you want to do a Reign Cena and you know you're not doing it at, at WrestleMania 34, SummerSlam is the only other place to do it. So fine. Good. But my point is, I don't know what Reigns is doing between now and then. You know what I mean? Like if he's doing nothing on July 9th, maybe he's going to be the guest on a very special uh, Miz TV or something. You know what I mean? Like they do that with guys who don't wrestle, but um, and as far as Finn goes, they have this this great promo where everyone's saying, I think he's the future of WWE. He's the greatest guy in the world. What an amazing talent Red Baylor is. That's why he's not on TV right now. Doesn't There's make nothing sense. wrong with having a week off. Sure, sure. But he wasn't on TV last week either. And that nothing was before wrong with having two weeks off. He can only <laughs> do so many drop kicks in a row, Alex. Like, what, what do you want to see the guy do? Uh, he could build a program with somebody. A little, a little spoiler here. He's going to kick a guy in the leg. He's going to get tossed over the top rope. He's going to hold the top rope, lean up, kick while he slaps his leg. He's going to run in, 
front drop kick. The guy's going to go outside the ring. He's going to run around the outside of the ring, front drop kick on the floor, maybe flip if we're lucky. Going to run back in the ring, drop kick into the corner, double stomp, you're done. Sorry, Elias Sampson. Good to see you. <laughs> Those are all objective truths that you are saying. And yet, somehow, a, a large portion of the WWE universe finds him utterly compelling. Absolutely. So, Definitely. so if the, even if that's all he's going to do, if you enjoy watching him and you don't get to watch him, and they're promoting him to you as the second coming in the WWE, then they should be showing him in some way live on your television. But that's just, maybe that's just me. Well, I mean, you know, I, I'm okay with them using vignettes to build guys yeah. up. I, I don't need to see all these guys on the show every single week. I don't. Whether it be Finn Balor or the Hardys or Roman Reigns or even on the heel side, I don't need to see yeah. all those. We had this Rollins-Wyatt promo. I'm going to sum this up in a, in a couple of sentences. Bray Wyatt thinks he's a god, and I'm cool with that. Bray Wyatt thinking he's a god, I can get behind that. He's pissed about Rollins saying his name in vain. Rollins finds this ridiculous. Wyatt disappears. Sure. Okay. You know, I, I gave it a little bit of trash for randomly starting last week. But it was pointed out that Rollins called him a false prophet. They're running with it. If Wyatt thinks he's a god and they they really push this, I mean really push this, like get some some imagery, get some stuff going on, I can get behind this as a 2017 angle with some edge to it. Whether they will or not, it's much like the Bailey thing. There has been nothing to indicate that they will follow up. But as of now, I'm optimistic. Right. Um, I think I've reached critical mass on, on Bray Wyatt. I loved, I love this guy and they've just, they've gotten, they've gone to the well one too many times. You can't keep saying that you're a God and then go out and lose a feud over and over and over again with no mention of why it's fine because I'm a God and I wanted it that way. This was, I meant to do that. You could have him do that. But he never says that. He never acknowledges the losses. He just keeps coming back out and saying that he's a god. And if you're a god, wouldn't you win a feud once? Like once? No. Excuse okay. me. Excuse me. Backlash 2006, sir. God did not beat Vince and Shane McMahon. God did not win that feud. That's true. I guess so what I'm I saying hate is... to tell you, you are wrong. Right. Yeah. Um. Uh, he is. He is a backwoods, country, hillbilly, false prophet, cult leader with a God complex. If, you are a, if you're a really good TV writer, do you know what you could do with that character? If they would allow, would allow you to like do, but they're do nothing with it. Is they have him come out there and say the same stuff every week. And then he goes out and loses. And I want him to win. I root for the guy. But he loses all the time, and it's really hard to watch. He's going to lose to Seth Rollins because he's going to, because that's all he does, and it's going to be kind of sad. Um, but I, I just I, I need him to find some – maybe he could be somebody's number two or a great manager for, for somebody. You know what I mean? Like never get in the ring and uh, you know for a while. When he does, it's really special. I don't know, but what he's doing right now is just treading water, and that's no fun. Well, I, 
I'm okay with this feud. I don't think he'll win it, though. Apollo Crews defeated Kalisto. Tazawa is ringside. This is a good short match. Crews gets a nice counter and hits his finish for the win. Tazawa's body language after this match was A+. Plus. Yeah, he's great. Great. That guy great. gets it and has and just translates so well. And the chemistry between he and Apollo is great. And it really carries over to he and Titus. I'm a fan of this. I want to see where it goes. I like a bit of the intermingling of Apollo Crews and Titus, who are heavyweight guys, with the cruiserweights. What do you think? Yeah. um, uh, Amazingly, the stuff they're doing with the mid-card to lower-card guys on on Raw is is the the highlight every Monday. You know, like this stuff and and the weird – when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Weird prom date jealousy of Big Cass and Big Show and Enzo Amore. These two different storylines are the best thing about Raw. Like, because the, the main event scene is, well, not Joe and Joe and Brock is way above everything else. But, but below them is this mid-card stuff. And uh, I, I, I really love the Titus stuff with Apollo. Uh, I, 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 it's, if they could get to a point where they have a really cool little faction of guys who are only kind of along for the ride because they're getting more matches or whatever, I just love the idea of Tozawa and Apollo Crews being a tag team. I mean, anything to get the, the 205 Live guys broken through that barrier and wrestling against the heavyweights, that'd be fun. It's, it's that situation I keep telling, uh, saying to everybody, give me a reason why they're not. If they're not going to be, just give me that reason. Say, these guys sign cruiserweight-specific contracts. Just put something in there. It's not hard. New Japan does it. Nobody ever asks the question. Yeah. Sasha Banks, Dana Brooke, and Mickey James defeated Alexa Bliss, Nia Jackson, the returning Emma. I think that somebody backstage said, hey, Alexa, no matter how fucking stupid and out of the way it is, make sure you mention there's a ladder match Saturday or Sunday, on the other brand that has nothing to do with you. Because she literally went out there and said, this Sunday at WWE Money in the Bank, there will be the first ever women's ladder match. But that's this Sunday, and tonight is tonight. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Neat, man. Yep. That's like me saying... In four days, I'm going to take a shit. I know this because I'm eating Mexican food. But that is Thursday, and right now is right now. That doesn't have anything to do with what I'm talking about. Now, it it just takes, you know, it just took one of those baby faces saying something like, I could be over on SmackDown competing in the first ever Women's Money in the Bank, but I'm here dealing with you type mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Shit, that makes sense. Do that. Nope. Or she could come out and be the heel and talk about how 
hey, Kurt Angle, why don't you do your job, and we should have a first-ever Women's Money in the Bank match tonight. Let's do it, and I want to be a part of it. I want to do it because I'm, 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 me, me, me. I want, I want, I want, which is great. That's fine. You know what I mean? Like, but the fact is, like, that. look at that thing over there. That thing over there is great. Isn't that thing great over here? But that's not tonight. You can turn off your TVs and wait for that to be on is not a thing. I don't, I don't know how that works. Um, it's weird to see somebody who's way smaller than everyone else ganged up in the ring and be like, so you're sure she's not the good guy? I know she's being kind of a bitch to everybody, but um, literally everyone's in there threatening her bodily, and it just feels weird. Like, Mickey James came out and sort of called her a dwarf. Like, it was just weird. Oh, you know? Let's talk about those fucking pants, Alex. <laughs> They're not pants. They're not pants. They're they are orders. just – they're flaps now. They are just – They are flappy-ass leg warmers. Now, I've been told of several talent and people who work in WDB who have watched any variety of our shows in the past. I have not been told anything about Mickey James watching the show. But if if I find out that someone isolates all the clips of me complaining about her pants and sent them to her – and she said, you know what I want to do? I just want to be the talk of the town just for one day. And she isolated those damn flaps. Man, if I thought she gave a shit enough, I would say that's rib of the year. Yeah. But I don't think she does. It's just a wild coincidence. Yeah, they suck. They do. Uh, they, they, they're not flappy-ass pants anymore. They, they, <laughs> she, she, she just took... She took out away all pretense hey, of pain. It's summer, guy. It's that's summer. Just, that's true. That's way true. Too hot right now. <laughs> that's right. It's a summer look. Um, yeah, it, it is so weird for me to see Sasha Banks palling around with Dana Brooke, knowing how many forearm shivers to the mouth Dana Brooke took from Sasha Banks all last year. It's just weird that they never mention it. Like, just because Dana hates Charlotte, who's no longer on the show, by the way. Like, that's the only connection they have now that they're both, you know, friends. Um, but hooray for Emma coming back, cutting a pretty, pretty decent-looking promo. Looks great. Has some good stuff to do in the ring. Oh, and then she tapped out. Welcome back, Emma. Like, it was kind of a, uh, I don't know. Because I was hoping she was kind of counting. They were going to, like, you know, maybe give her a shot at the title. Just one? No? Nope? Okay. Um, By the way, but, they, they write Nia Jax's promos just like Baron Corbin's. They do. They, it's the same person. I swear to you. Like this is a big. This is a big person. Big people talk slow, and they're dumb. And they so ask the question is, that they were just presented. Yeah. Because because really they're not they're not a- asking anybody else. They're asking themselves again, so they have longer enough time to think of an answer. Because that's how big people talk. And it's stupid, yeah. and I hate it. Um, but uh, kudos to Sasha Banks for realizing after last week that, hey, she does want to be a part of the women's title picture on Raw, as opposed to walking out of the promo last week. Uh, she's now like, oh, no, I want to be a part of this. Um, uh, so cool that they have a little brawl, and then the don't-even-need-to-be-announced six-woman tag match that we all knew was coming after the break. Oh, yeah. Um so that's fine. Alexa Bliss walking off. 
Like, of course she would. Nobody there is her friend. Everyone hates her. <laughs> like, Alexa Bliss needs to come up with an entourage of people who actually have her back, but no. She, she can't. So, this match was really uneventful other than seeing how really bad Dana and Nia Jax are in the ring. Outside of Mickey's super awesome Fez Press from the, like, Fez yeah. Press Tope from the top rope. That was, that just, like, she's done it a few times now, but each time I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Alexa leaves Emma hanging. Sasha wins. I don't see this as the end of the world for Emma. They could have her attack Alexa Bliss down the line because of this. Don't know if they will. Right. The, the the idea with this is that there's no there's no secondary anything for the ladies. Like it's either I guess Bailey being sad is the secondary program for the ladies right now. But it's like everybody against Alexa, and then the other one is just Bailey in in rehab for depression. Later on, or actually earlier on, Miz tried to recruit Heath Slater as his partner, but Heath Slater wanted a title shot. They. Instead, have Heath and Rhino challenge Miz for a partner of his choosing. The partner was the dancing bear, who got a great ovation. I get the feeling you didn't like this, Alex. I'm just... He did a bear hug! Come on! No, he did. He did, he, he did do a bear hug. Okay, listen. The dancing bear thing, it's just, it was just too much. It was just, I, I'm a curmudgeon. It was just not what I needed at the time. <laughs> the bear thing and the fact that like even after they did the first unmasking and it was a it was a different guy i knew it was going to be ambrose coming in later and then ambrose hit the dirty deeds on on heath slater for no other reason but to let everyone in the arena know that it was dirt it was d ambrose in the bear costume uh and i was like hey that that guy's got kids like what what you guys are all literally on the same side you both hate the miz and uh this all just leads to I was really hoping that the, the, the dancing bear was going to get gored by uh by Rhino and the mask was gonna fly off there and that was how you're gonna find out. But um yeah, I'm just I feel really bad for the Miz because I feel like he's better than this. And I, I know that I'm I'm I mean I'm I'm could be completely the minority here, but I I don't need to see any more of the dancing bear. Like ever. Because I know it's the brainchild in kayfabe of Dean Ambrose. Anything that Dean Ambrose touches is bad in, in my book right now. Just done with him. You pretty much covered the rest of it. Uh, the Miz also ran into Maurice. She oh, mad. yeah. Oh, see, that's the thing is that they're, they're pushing this breakup angle. And I don't, I don't want that. I want them to be together and in love and evil heels because they were great as that, and they don't need to stop doing that. Um, also, um, the, the, uh, Heath Slater's out here on Twitter uh, saying that he gets uh, an Intercontinental title shot now because he, he pinned The Miz, uh, and he spelled title wrong. So I, I love <laughs> Heath Slater with all of my being, and I want him to get a one-on-one -on -one shot with, with The Miz, and I want it to be 15 minutes, a great close match, and I and I and I want I want Heath Slater to come within a near fall that gets the entire crowd on their feet of winning the title. I think that'd be amazing for him. He deserves it. Guys, we'll be posting a few of the Money in the Bank ladder matches on Fightful.com throughout the week. So uh, be sure to go okay. check that out. Of course, go register 
Use our forums. I love those things. I love how active you guys have been on there, too. We're trying to make that a destination. Uh, wrestling of all kind, MMA, boxing, video games, TVs, movies, music. I think we're adding sports there soon. Uh, definitely want that to happen, too. And open discussions as well. You all can ask us anything about the site. You can submit questions for podcasts, special co- podcasts, podcasts. Uh-oh. Gone mm-hmm. fishing. Uh, one day, I think me and Alex, as a members-only show, may just do a Q&A session where you all just ask us a bunch of random stuff, whatever you all want. Head over to the forums. I'll get a thread going on that, and, and we'll get that done pretty soon. Because there aren't a lot of bare weeks in the summer. I like to add those members-only shows when there are bare weekends. But uh, unlike this bear-filled Monday Night Raw, we will not have a yeah. bear weekend with Slammiversary and New Japan and all these UFC shows, Great Balls of Fire, Money in the Bank. Then we – it's it's getting pretty wild, and we're we're coming up on the year anniversary of Fightful, which is – Pretty cool. Pretty damn cool. Anderson and Gallows defeated Enzo and Cass. Cass is laid out again, and we see the Revival scampering off in the background, Alex. Yes, we do. And and Dash Wilder is cleared to wrestle. So yes. so let, let's – let, Reported by our friend Ryan Satin at Pro Wrestling Sheet. Uh, he's good to go. Now, this was not subtle in any way. No. Which makes me think – it's not them, but it's also not the thing that they're pointing to. So I don't know who it really is, but I'm still hoping for the revival, if only because the revival can give Enzo and can make Enzo and Cass have an amazing tag match. And so I'd, I'd like to see Enzo and Cass have good matches again because they don't anymore. Um, but the love the idea of Cass being like one punch to the back of the head the hardest I've ever been hit in my life. One punch and I was out. That must have been somebody really big to take down me. As big as I am, somebody even bigger must have hit me with one punch, a KO punch, if you will. Like it was kind of way too obvious that they were pointing toward Big Show. So that's kind of out of the out of the picture, especially when Big Show comes out and rescues Enzo and Cass. Recovering from his third concussion in 20 minutes, gets back into the ring slowly to watch them hug, and the look on his face is just the most dejected, angry, stilted, jilted prom day ever. I love it. Cass puts up a valiant effort and sells his previous injury pretty well here. He's like stumbling with every bit of offense that he lands. Anderson and Gallows recover, beat Enzo and Cass. Uh, specifically Enzo. They beat Enzo up, and they go on to attack him some more after the match. Big Show makes the save, and we get this cool visual of Cass coming up onto the apron, and he is pissy. He is so mad. And then Enzo backs which it's so funny. Big Show's like doing the old 80s, there you go, pal, type of thing. Yeah. Backstage, Enzo unleashes what I thought was some badass promo work. Like, mm-hmm. That dude's got some range with these oh, promos. He's, he's he has got good. a real knack for this, asking if Show did it. And, like, in a way that a guy that a guy Enzo's size would ask the big show right. if he did it because he doesn't want to get his ass kicked. He was like, listen, he said he got hit once, and he is a big dude. One time, he's a big dude. Did you do it? Now, what I'll ask you, 
do you think we get Cass versus Big Show at Great Bowls of Fire? Um, uh, yeah, I think we do. I think they're pulling the trigger on uh, breaking up Cass and Enzo over this. Um, even when it turns out that it was no, had nothing to do with anything. and it, At some point, Cass is going to say, Enzo, you betrayed me. You've been working with Big Show behind my back to lay me out. I don't trust you. I, you and I, we're not friends anymore. It's going to be that obvious of a promo. And then, you know, we might get Cass versus Big Show. We might get Cass versus Enzo at some point. It's just they're, they're doing it sloppily. Like if that's if that's their end game, um, but I, I can't help but love uh, all of Big Show's like, nah, it's cool. I understand it, it's your partner. Um, I just want to let you know I think he's SAWFT. Like he's just so over all of this drama because he's seen yeah. it for twenty years behind the scenes. He knows what this is, and he's like, I'm, I, I, I leave me out of this. Um, uh, but I still, I'm still, still holding out hope that revival being behind it because I love those guys and they need to be on, on TV a lot more. Yeah. I'm with you. I saw a Snickers bar that had S a W F T soft on the back of it the other day. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep. That, that WWE partnership. It's strong. Raw tag team championship, two out of three falls. Sheamus and Cesaro drew with the Hardy boys. First off, I want to say, I love a tag team championship match being the main event. I would love an Intercontinental Championship being the main event, a Cruiserweight Championship being a main event. Uh, Raw Women's, they are titles. If you put them on there, you can make them a main event. Mm-hmm. This match was, I thought it was average, which that, the thing is, as much as I've liked the storytelling and some of the, the antics in WWE recently, it's that in-ring that has failed for me. Super quick fin, pinfall from Sheamus. A commercial break at 10.55 Eastern. When we come back, I had tweeted this. For Matt Hardy's physical limitations, he has learned to adapt and work through them pretty well. He's adjusted his moveset. He not only reinvents himself outside the ring, but inside the ring as well. He had to twist the fate 1-1. Alex, when can we get Sheamus to make this knee his finish? I don't know, man. The brogue knee is pretty amazing. Especially when, when you have Matt Hardy literally lean into it like Matt dude you just got you just had a kid you're gonna yeah. like, get a broken orbital socket like it's just like at at the very least leaning into a, a Seamus knee let's 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 not <laughs> from a guy who's known to be a little snug yeah, a little stiff yeah a little snug the match breaks down after a swanton both teams get counted out there's a lot of people complaining about this going on, I'm okay with it. I don't seem to mind it that much. And the reason that I don't mind it is because the Revival have to be reintroduced. Enzo and Cass are doing their thing, and they, them doing their thing is better than them being involved in this. I love your idea with Anderson and Gallows. Because I I, have been, I think Titus is going to end up being a babyface with this angle. Like, he's going to end up being a babyface. I wouldn't mind him being like the guy that sticks up for the cruiserweights. Like he is, he's like pushing them. But uh, the, what do you think about this extending? Well, I think I think I think they don't know where else to go with it. Um, I, to me, uh, I, I mean, you're going to have a first ever major deal uh, tag team championship match at SummerSlam, or it's going to be the continuation of something. 
Uh, I kind of figured we were done with the Hardys and Sheamus and Cesaro, uh, and we would have something brand new for uh, for hashtag Great Balls. But um, what we're not, we're going to get Hardys versus Sheamus Cesaro again. I feel like that's going to be the end of this. Then what we have at at um, at SummerSlam, I mean, I don't know. Sheamus Cesaro or a heel team. I don't know who your baby faces are that are feel, facing them for the titles. Unless you give the titles back to, to Matt and Jeff at Great Balls, and then you have the Revival go after Matt and Jeff at SummerSlam. You know what I mean? Like, Or, you know what? Let's have Sheamus Cesaro versus Matt and Jeff Hardy again at SummerSlam because they love doing things, running things into the ground. It, they, yeah. they're never, they never hit the high point and walk away. They never leave them wanting more. It's always run something into the ground. So maybe that's what we're going to get to do is through August, we'll get the same kind of things. Listen, tonight's match was really good, especially the, the third fall that never happened. From the, sec- from the second fall on was all really good stuff. Matt was a hero in there when, with Jeff being, you know, playing uh, selling on the outside. His side effect to Sheamus on the apron was brutal. Uh, he had a really great twist of fate. Like these, Matt, you're, you're right. Matt can't move like he used to, but he's m- letting it work for him. Uh, I, I do like watching these guys together, but I'm I'm wondering what the end game is for the Hardys. Are they breaking up and going on singles, or you know, it just feels like they ran through this whole storyline since WrestleMania pretty quick. The end game for the Golden State Warriors is an NBA championship. They just won. And there you go, they won. Yes, KD made the right choice. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, head over to Fightful.com every uh, Tuesday, Wednesday after Raw, SmackDown, and after pay-per-views at 8 a.m. Eastern. I post my podcast notes, match ratings, analysis as well. If you all haven't checked out Evolve's Jason Kincaid and his writing on the site, it's under Pro Series. Go to Jason Kincaid. He does some great stuff. I'm pretty sure one day he'll just accumulate all these and publish a book, but he does some very vivid, awesome writing. I mean, he has been to the the very, very bottom of the independent circuit, and you get a really good look at that from traveling to Canada, wrestling in Mexico for donuts, trying out for Evolve, trying out for ROH, uh, being in the top prospect tournament, being injured and being hospitalized and out of the ring for a month. I highly suggest you go check out Jason Kincaid's work. As I suggest that you check out Anna Bauert's work, it's on our sidebar on Fightful.com. Most ridiculous. She takes a very lighthearted look at the WWE in a nice little four or five-minute video. Of course, she appears with us uh, post-pay-per-view and post-Smackdown as well. Also, we got your New Japan coverage. For all of you that want that, David Tease, that absolute maniac, covered UFC Auckland from like 7.30 p or 7 p.m. to when it ended, then covered Dominion. So he was like at it for 12 straight hours. A big shout-out to David Tease for, for getting that done. That is remarkable what he did. Alex, I wanted to ask you about a story you wrote today. John Cena talked to WSVN today, uh, and he said that, there doesn't need to be a formal anointment for the next John Cena. Yeah. I have to say personally, I kind of agree with that because when they've tried to do that with Roman Reigns, it has backfired. If mm-hmm. WWE fans get the idea that WWE wants to anoint somebody, ooh, they don't want to let that anointment happen. No. Nope. The, 
the guy needs whoever it is needs to get over naturally. I mean, we've we we kind of I mean, at least I do. I for the most part enjoy John Cena now. You know what I mean? He's kind of the elder statesman. Uh, I miss him when he's gone. Uh, he can do some really great uh, dueling promo work. Uh, he's like he's doing some indie work rate stuff with with AJ Styles. Like I really like, but uh, you forget about how much everyone hated this dude in like '09 or whatever when he was like Super Cena. Nothing faces him, and also he's not doing himself any favors when he's going out there and saying, "I don't bury younger talent." They just don't work at an elite level after I beat them. They're not putting in their lazy, lazy millennials, not working hard. And that doesn't help him at all. Um, I feel like whoever it is who comes in and is the new guy, once he's gone, has to be somebody that that gets built organically. Uh, They had a great shot of doing that with Roman Reigns. If they just let him be on his normal trajectory, that guy would be stratospherically over right now. Well, the thing is, the funny thing is, had they pulled the trigger sooner, they would have had it. Because when Daniel Bryan wasn't in either, he wasn't in the Rumble or he got eliminated early. No, it's when he wasn't in the Rumble. The fans were behind Roman Reigns. They were cheering for Roman Reigns. He was their next best shot. And... You could have went with it there. It would have spelled an early end for the Shield, I guess. Like what? By a few months. But they were gonna they were gonna end the Shield anyway. Yeah, it, it would have spelled it for a few months. I mean, they could have still done, but virtually everything they did, except for Daniel Bryan becoming champion. They could have easily had um, this uh, for a few for a few months anyway. Seth and Dean being behind Roman as he gets his big shot. This is our brother. We're fighting on our – be in his corner for every one of those big matches, main event matches. They could have uh, Seth and Dean go after the tag titles or whatever, and then gradually have Seth get tired of Roman being at the top and thinking this is my moment, and then he could turn on them. Same thing. But, no, they had to do it the way they wanted to do it, and that's kind of the story uh, of, of how WWE is run. We do it the way we want to do it, and that's it. Um so, I don't know. I mean, if it's not Roman, they got a lot of work to do figuring out who they're going to put in that spot. Because uh, I agree. You know what I mean? Like, that's I mean, this whole thing is that everyone doesn't want it to be Roman, but honestly, who's who's your other guy in that in that role? I think they already have somebody in the role of the guy who is out there at the top who cannot be touched. Who, if you go up against him, he will smash you into a million pieces, and that's Braun Strowman. That guy is there now to be the guy who whoever is the new John Cena chases. And you can do that for years. That basic storyline can be run for a while. But they got to find that guy. Whoever that guy is, I don't know who it is. Yeah. They have plenty of guys that can be the the guy that goes up against that guy. Right. It's a matter of finding that guy. Uh, shout out to the High Spot Podcast for having me on last week. Go check them out at High Spot Podcast. Talked uh, a bit of wrestling with them as well. As we do here on the Fightful Podcast and Fightful.com. Over at Fightful.com, I guarantee you every day you will see multiple things that you will not find at any other wrestling, MMA, or boxing website. Go there, check that out. Also, join in on our live coverage, uh, whether it be on the forums or on the discussion boards. We bring you live coverage for every UFC show, Bellator show, 
WWE, Impact, Lucha Underground, NXT. We got it all for you guys. Fightful.com is the place to be. Please uh, subscribe to us. Leave us a thumbs up. Positive reviews on iTunes. Let people know about it. Tweet about it. Post on Facebook about it. Anything you can do to spread the word, we would really, really appreciate it. I want to thank you guys so much for being here with us tonight. Alex, anything to add before we go? Well, I just wanted to say that one of the stories I wrote about last week was uh, Rusev uh, calling out Kevin Durant on Twitter and saying if Kevin Durant won a title this this uh, this year, where would he rank him among the all-time greats? Like right before Brian Scalabrini. And if you know who Brian Scalabrini is, you know that's, that is a, that is a hey, great tweet. Hey, Brian Scalabrini is a team captain in that new three-on-three league. And let me tell you, <laughs> three-on-three basketball just got put in the Olympics. He's making a comeback. <laughs> yeah, but Rusev tonight – because Rusev is so salty on Twitter. He says the NBA should cut the number of teams in half and make them all super teams. I'm like, <laughs> all right, there you go. 15 great teams with all the talent will spread much uh, thinner. It's funny that, that I mentioned the three-on-three thing because somebody says, Sean, are you the most famous person from your town? No, not close. Chris Lofton, the greatest three-point shooter of all time, uh, I think should be in this three-on-three thing. And George Clooney's from my hometown, guys. Well, I'm, I'm a little more famous than Clooney. <laughs> A little. What was that? What's that for? A little, a little more famous than Clooney, huh? A little more famous than Clooney. A little bit. We got some NBA players in Miss America. I'm a little more famous than that. Okay. Come on, guys. Thank you all so much for joining us. I really appreciate it, you guys. Until next time, we're out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.